It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll take a look back at the Braves' victory last night. Boy, we wish we could get the bottom of the order involved again. And if the Falcons catch a break, they have to take advantage of it. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuck. Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by Bet Online. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment as well. Don't forget, free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free. Leave us a five-star review. Roku and Amazon Fire. Find us there as well. Check us out on those platforms. And, of course, at JMSH316 on my Twitter page. Well, look, it was a terrific win last night for the Braves. You you know, we talked about after game one about how Philadelphia took advantage of when they scored two runs in the first inning. They had four consecutive hits that led to those couple of runs with two outs. Well, the Braves kind of turned the table last night. Of course, the Braves won three to nothing last night. But when the Braves scored their three runs in the bottom of the sixth, They turned the tables, and they ended up with three runs on hits all after two outs. That inning kind of got off to just kind of a a little bit of a slow start, a couple outs, and then the Braves got it cranked up and going and got things going. So, look, Braves tied it up last night. Kyle Wright was magnificent last night. Pitched six innings, only gave up two hits in the game, Um, didn't give up a run, six strikeouts and a walk, really was never in any sort of danger. He gave up the the leadoff double to Bryce Harper. Harper got the third. Philadelphia couldn't cash in. And then other than a hit by Real Muto in the fourth, Wright was outstanding. And that was the prescription that the doctor ordered last night, right? After the fact that they had used so many bullpen guys where Freed only gave them three and a third, and you had to burn a whole bunch of bullpen guys in game one. And obviously all of this, and, and I'll give credit to Major League Baseball, Because even with a two-hour and 55-minute rain delay, one of the things that they did not do last night was monkey around with the idea of we're going to try to start earlier or this or that, and we start, we stop, we start, we stop. Because you could screw everybody up. I mean, that's the thing about rain delays is you can completely throw everybody off track with what their schedule is. So I'll give Major League Baseball credit that they didn't try to wedge this thing in to a certain time. They looked at it as, okay, when is the rain supposed to be out of here? Or at least the storms are passed through enough that it's not going to affect gameplay. Okay, that means we have to start at 730. 
and, and I, I I know the night game aspect. I'm I'm talking about more of the fact that you didn't want Wright or Wheeler to get up, get down, get ready, get you know this any other. Wait until you think that the actual game can start and play all the way through, and then start it then. So I'll give them credit for that because I think that was important last night that neither starter to get up, get ready, get loose, warm up, and then shut it back down again. Get up, get loose, shut it back down again. Both pitchers were outstanding in the game last night. And, you know, listen, give the Braves credit. They finally busted through against Wheeler, who was really efficient. You think about he only threw 79 pitches in six innings and gave up three runs, four hits and three runs. Wright only threw 83 pitches. And, you know, I wondered about whether or not they would let Kyle Wright pitch the seventh inning. But once they got that three nothing lead, okay, let's go make it a bullpen game now. Because our bullpen is obviously deep and really good. And it does suck, by the way. We got word yesterday Tyler Matzik is going to have Tommy John surgery. I think he did have it yesterday, but season ending Tommy John surgery. Not even sure if he'll be back at any point next year, but that's another discussion for another day. So that kind of sucks. So look, you're going to have to rely on Minter and McHugh and some of these guys. But Wright with six, Minter with an inning, Iglesias with an inning, Jansen closes it out. A bullpen comes in three innings just a hit and a couple of strikeouts, and it's Asta Lasagna. Don't get any on you. The Braves find a way to get it done last night. So good victory. Obviously, we felt like the Braves had to win, not be down 0-2. Now it shifts over to Philadelphia, right? Now, obviously, tomorrow it's going to be interesting. I think Strider's going to go tomorrow. My, this is what my gut tells me. And I'll be wrong. You know, I'll probably be wrong. I'm usually wrong on these kinds of things. My gut tells me that Strider's going to go tomorrow. And I think it's going to be more of not just a, well, let's give him three innings. I think they'll just... I think they'll give him three to four innings and just keep watching. And if he can go, keep him going. If he looks like he's fatiguing, yank him out and make it a bullpen game, you know, from there. So big victory last night. You got some key contributions from some guys at the top of the order. Ronnie and Dansby each scored a run. The other part about last night, too, was the outstanding defense that the Braves played. Dansby made the play where he runs all the way out. It looked like, you know, Omar Vizquel running you know, 100 feet out into short left center field and in coming up with that play. Riley makes a monster play headed over to the tarp at third base. And that's one of the things we've talked about for years. You listen to my radio show and things like that. I've always talked about how good the defense is. Look, if Dansby Swanson doesn't win the gold glove this year, we're going to have a serious chat about that here on this show because he's done everything imaginable. Should have won it in 2020. He got hosed during the pandemic year. When all the metrics tell you he should have won it there, he's going to win the gold glove this year. If he doesn't, then we're going to call people out by name around here because he's been outstanding defensively. And you saw that last night. And whereas Philadelphia couldn't make a play when they needed to, you know, the two out, you know, shot to first base and they couldn't come up with it. Braves were making defensive plays all over the yard last night. So look, give the Braves credit to Din Homer in the game, right? You know, it was small ball, you know, and, and they didn't really, didn't really get heavy into using their speed and things like that, but it was a lot of clutch two out hits for the Braves last night. Great pitching, outstanding performance by Wright, clutch two out hitting was the difference in that game. And now obviously it changes the complexion of the series. Yeah, I know you want to just split or whatever like that. Can I tell you that, that Philly, Philly had a much better shot, obviously down you know, if they had a 2 nothing lead, because I don't feel like 
even in Philadelphia, I don't think it's going to matter. That you'll you'll see the Braves offense get cranked up and get things going. Yeah, I know they got Noel or whatever like that, but I, I again, last night was I guess I, I'm not even going to say it was must win. I know some people disagree with me. I think the Braves even down 0-2 could have come back. Hell, they just beat the Mets when they had to sweep the Mets three you know three games and beat Scherzer and Degrom. So it ain't like they can't beat Nola or anybody else that they're going to trot out there. But was a big win last night. That place was rocking. Even after a nearly three-hour rain delay in the game, that place was rocking. The crowd was into it. Braves mixed in great defense, great pitching, performances all the way around where, look, it, it wasn't like anybody had a monster game. Braves only ended up in that game with, with four hits when it was all said and done. But Big at-bats by Riley and Olsen in the bottom of that sixth inning were the difference in the Braves winning. So now we get ready for Friday. We'll talk more about the game coming up tomorrow because we'll have a decision on Strider. I expect Strider to go. How long? I don't know. But I think he's going to get the ball for game three and try to take that 2-1 lead and start to put the clamps down on Philadelphia. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at BetOnline. Listen, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering and your wagering information. Look. It's, it can't be any easier than this. You want to take your mobile device and go to betonline.net today and check out all of the different information and things they got going on over there, right? You want to get in on the action. You want to be a part of all of it. NFL starts tonight. College football is on tonight. Massive weekend in the world of college football with the SEC games, Tennessee, Alabama, right? Third Saturday in October. It's all cranked up. We're halfway through the college football season, so you think you've got your trends and you think you know what you're talking about now? Head to betonline.net today and check out all the information that they have available at your fingertips. You want sports wagering information, podcast news, stats, e-betting, scores, everything. And by the way, too, don't look now, but we're just about ready for NBA regular season. The NBA next week, Hawks open up next Wednesday. So you want to get in on nightly, daily action? With the NBA, guess what? All of that starts, especially for the Atlanta Hawks, coming up next Wednesday. All of it is available to you at betonline.net today. Head there with that mobile device. Super easy. It's where the action starts. All right. One of the things about the Braves order that we had gotten so used to over this season is the bottom of their order. Seven, eight, nine. Whatever the mix was, right? Michael Harris comes up, and that's where he spent most of his time. Then Von Grissom comes up and spends a bunch of his time there. And they've mixed all different guys in and out of that 7-8-9. And that has allowed, you know, as we say in baseball, changing the lineup over, right? Turning the lineup over, right? Keeping the line moving, as they say, or whatever. And allowing, you know, Ronnie and Dansby more at bats. And really setting up the top of their order to turn over and put guys in, in scoring position. And obviously, Harris had a monster here. Grissom was so good when he first came up. But <laughs> we haven't seen a lot of that of late. So some numbers for you. So far in these first two playoff games, the Braves' 7, 8, and 9 hitters are a combined, ready, 0 for 19. Let me repeat that. The Braves' 7, 8, and 9 hitters are a combined, 0 for 19 in the first two playoff games. Now, take the final seven games of the regular season and the two playoff games, the seven, eight, and nine spot for the Braves, okay? So you've got multiple series at the end of the year, two playoff games against Philadelphia. They are 18 for 87 in their last 
nine games. That's a 209 batting average. They've come up with a total of three runs scored in four RBI. And I'll tell you what's even sort of an outlier to all of this. The final game of the regular season for the Atlanta Braves was that 12-9 loss to the Marlins, right? Where you had every AAA, Hammenager, we cleared out our benches. It didn't matter if we won, the Marlins won. They didn't care. We didn't care. All that kind of stuff, right? Because in that game, the 7-8-9 hitters for the Braves were 6-for-14 with two runs scored and two RBI. So literally six of the 18 hits and two of the three runs that they've scored and two of the four runs they've driven in all came in that one complete throwaway game where, who was it, Heredia and this guy and that guy. It was like Jeff Blauser hit in the bottom. Raphael Belliard was hitting at the bottom of the order that day, right? They got every vagabond that they had on their bench to hit that day. So six of the hits, two runs, two RBI came from that one game. So look, we kind of got spoiled, didn't we, about the idea of how much the Braves have gotten out of the bottom of their order, right? We've kind of gotten, we got spoiled to see Grissom or Arcia or Ron, or um, uh, Michael Harris, right? Everybody kind of doing that turn the lineup over and setting up Ronnie and Dansby. And obviously, look, Dansby kind of thrived with the idea of having guys on base because, you know, he drove in almost 100 runs this year. Well, that wasn't all Ronnie. That wasn't all guys at the very top of the order. Because remember, Dansby even hit a little bit of leadoff this year. That wasn't because Ronnie was on base all the time and Dansby was just driving him in or hitting home runs. That's because of guys like Grissom and Harris and those guys at the bottom of the order that would get themselves on, steal a base, be on second base, and Dansby would drive him in. Thought Dansby got himself to whatever the number was, 95, 96 RBI this year. So if there's one thing you'd like to see kind of get back, and look, I know it's changed. Grissom isn't playing, right? He's become sort of just a pinch hitter. Ozuna's kind of at the bottom of the order now. Okay. Um, obviously, Michael Harris is moving up and down in the order. If it's a lefty on the mound, he's going to be at the bottom because he doesn't hit lefties well. If it's a right-hander, He's going to either be like last night he was, I think, sixth in the order, or he's been hitting third in the order, which I'm fine with. I'm not mad at the idea of, of moving Grissom or, sorry, moving Michael Harris up because of what he gives you. It's just that the bottom of this order, which provided a spark for so much of the season and, and was featured with all the youthful guys and everything like that, has gone away over the last couple few weeks here, and especially in the playoffs. Look. Philadelphia sort of is what it is. But you talk about trying to get starting pitchers out of games and things like that. You need something out of your 7, 8, 9 hitters. It can't be 0 for 19 like it's been in the first couple of games. And the trend has not, you know, not been very good. Again, six of the 18 hits that they had came in one game. So that means in eight other games, they've only had 12 hits from three spots in their order. Braves are going to have to find some more production. I don't, you know, again, I, I don't really care what the name is on the back of the jersey. You know, last night in that game, it was Arcia, Ozuna, and Rosario that were hitting at the bottom of the order last night. Okay. You need Arcia to do something. You need Rosario to do something. Capture some of the magic from last year. We talked about this last week, 
Rosario had a pretty decent September, October stretch there. You need to find some more production out of these guys. So we talk about the Braves advancing, and one of the things that made the Braves so good for so long, you know, and one of the things that got them sparked and got this offense clicking was those bottom three guys in the order. And look, I don't know if Grissom's going to play much. Michael Harris is only going to hit ninth when there's a lefty, and so he doesn't hit those guys very well. So I don't know how you find it, but you need something out of those guys moving forward. Maybe you get away with that against Philadelphia, but you start talking about playing the Dodgers or you get into World Series against whatever, the Yankees, Astros, whatever like that. You know, one of the things that made this Braves team so good has been the depth of their lineup. And with that was the seven, eight, nine spots in this team. So hopefully the Braves can find a little bit of a spark there. Just give me something. I don't need them to be what they were through the regular season because you're not facing regular season pitching. But 0 for 19, 18 for their last 87 in the 789 spot, those are tough things to have to try to come back. And, you know, again, you don't want to feel like only a, a pitcher's only got to really deal with the top five, six spots of your order. You want that lineup to keep turning over. And we know managers in today's world of baseball – Brother, you start talking about facing a lineup for the third time, they get all freaked out. Managers get all freaked out, right? All the analytic, sabermetric, metrosexual statistics about facing a lineup th- for the third time. Imagine telling Phil Necro or Steve Carlton or Tom Seaver in their day that, hey, if you face a lineup a third time, you're not going to have any success. They, they probably kick the manager in the leg and spike him on his, his ankle or whatever. But Braves have to find some spark at the bottom of that order. No matter what the name is on the back of the jersey, get something going down there. That's really what made this lineup so deep. It's what made that lineup turnover. It's what gave Ronnie and Dansby so many chances at the top of the order. You don't want to see them go into a complete funk and just disappear to where a pitcher feels like, I got three automatic outs at the bottom of the Braves order. Depth of this lineup is what has made the Braves so good. Hopefully they can start to rekindle that spark as they go to a real hitter's ballpark. They're going to play in a band box here for the next you know couple of days here. So hopefully they can find some of that mojo and get it back. All right, I want to talk about my friends over at Built Bar. Listen, Built.com is the place to go for all of your look. You're looking for these snacks, right? You want we've talked a lot of times on the show about the protein infused marshmallow puffs, right? You want a low sugar, low carb high-protein, low-calorie snack, right? The marshmallow puffs, the protein bars over at Built.com is the way to go. They got a wide selection of products for you and a whole wide selection of flavors out there. They just sent us a goodie box here a few weeks ago. And what I tell you, it's coconut, it's berry, it's this, it's that. They got so many unique flavors, and they're always coming out with a flavor of the month where you can check out at Built.com what they've got going on over there. So what I want you to do is I want you to head to built.com today. Go through their menu. Check things out. You want the marshmallow puffs? I want you to try some of those. You want some of the protein bars? Go for it. I'll recommend the – I had the berry yesterday. I really like that berry-flavored bar that they've got. But when you head to built.com and you get that order together, when you get to checkout, I want you to put the promo code locked on 15 L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number one, the number five. Locked on 15, use that promo code at checkout, and you get 15% off your order. 
simply by using the promo code LOCKEDON15 at checkout. Head to Built.com today. Check out the wide selection of products. Use the 15% off coupon code LOCKEDON15. Take advantage of the savings there. You're going to love the products, and they've got everything that you need. So listen, Falcons get ready for the 49ers coming up on Sunday in what's a very intriguing game. We'll break this game down more coming up tomorrow. But this is, so far, I would say, this will be the best defense that the Falcons have faced. They are pretty much number one against the run, against the pass. They, they've already got like 20-something sacks on the season. It's absurd how many sacks that they've got. But, but there might be a bit of a silver lining, okay? So, yesterday at the 49ers practice, okay, Arik Armstead did not practice. It's expected that he's going to be out for the game on Sunday. Nick Bosa did not practice. Samson uh, Abukam did not practice yesterday. Uh, Javon Kinlaw did not practice yesterday. So they had four of their defensive linemen that didn't practice. It's already expected that Armstead's going to be out this week. It's very questionable. Shanahan said maybe um, maybe Bosa can play this Sunday. But I have a feeling that we're going to see a depleted defensive line for the 49ers, which when I mentioned all those guys' names, just take Bosa and Armstead. That's two of the best defensive linemen outside, inside that there are in the NFL. We saw this a couple of few weeks ago with the Cleveland Browns, right? When they were missing three starting defensive linemen, they were missing Clowney, they were missing Garrett, they missed Tavon Bryan, right? And the Falcons were able to take advantage of that. Can I tell you at home, if the 49ers are going to be without some of these guys and they're out here on the East Coast, so they're practicing out here on the East Coast this week. If they're without some of those guys, the Falcons have to find a way to take advantage of it. Look, with all due respect, if you're missing Bosa and Kinlaw and you know Armstead, hey, that's a them problem, right? I can't help but that your guys are hurt. Nothing I can do about all of that. But they have to find a way to take advantage of it, running the football. If you don't have your pass rushers in there, because Armstead's an interior defensive lineman who's a double-digit sack guy. Bosa just creates havoc everywhere on the outside. All of these guys that can create havoc, you have to find a way to take advantage of it. We'll talk more about this matchup tomorrow, but obviously, look, the passing game for the Falcons, this is my, we'll hate on Mariota much more tomorrow because his metrics are bad. Like none of his metrics, when you look at this, that, and the other, are, are very good right now. And this is not about they're going to change quarterbacks. This is just about you have to get better play out of your quarterback position. If they're missing those guys on Sunday, Falcons have to find a way to take advantage of it. You know, if they can't get after the quarterback as well as they're used to, you have to find a way to take advantage. If they don't have some of those guys that blow up plays in the backfield, you have to take advantage of it. You have to use that against them. Yeah, injuries suck, but they are a part of the game, right? And we're dealing with our own injuries. Looks like Kyle Pitts is going to be back this week. He's practiced. Looks like he's going to be fine. Obviously, Patterson's on IR, so it's still going to be, you know, Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier running the football. We'll see if maybe next week Damian Williams comes back or what have you. You know, we still got a couple more weeks of Patterson on IR after this weekend. But 
if the fa- if the 49ers are going to be banged up, beat up, and have this many problems on their defensive line, brother, you got to take advantage of that in this league. And I, you know, again, look, doesn't mean that the 49ers are a bad defense. Doesn't mean that that you know that they're still not a good team or this and the other. Still have an off- outstanding offensive line. You know, you still got to figure out a way to cover Debo Samuel underneath and this and the other, which those kinds of plays killed us last week. But boy. When you feel like that you have an opportunity with guys out of the lineup, you got to go after them. And I hope that the fact, you know, listen, it's going to be fascinating come, you know, especially tomorrow. You know, tomorrow's the day in the NFL where you start to look at practice in the NFL. Friday, a lot of guys, for most teams, if you don't practice on Friday, then you most likely are not going to play on Sunday. So even today, if guys are sitting out, eh, I'm not scared about that. If they don't practice on Friday, then we start talking about, okay, who's in, who's out for Sunday. And right now, it looks like that the 49ers could be very much a depleted unit. So if you're the Falcons, man, whether it's running the football, whether it's buying time for Marcus Mariota, okay, whatever you got to do to take advantage of all of that, because brother... I don't care what they have for reserves. You don't have Armstead. You don't have Bosa. Like, that's two of the top linemen that there are. You have to take advantage of it. Just like they took advantage of not having Clowney, not having Miles Garrett, right? Whether that's you run at specific guys, whether that's you're able to protect your passer a little bit better, you give Mariota a little bit more time, which, by the way, hasn't necessarily been a good thing. But, again, we'll talk about those metrics tomorrow because – the longer Mariota has the throw, the worse it kind of gets for, for him. But anyway, um, but you have to find a way to take advantage of all of that tomorrow uh, on Sunday. And we'll see what happens, especially tomorrow, as we'll you know look at the injury report, who practices tomorrow. But this could be very intriguing. You know, this could be one of those games that the Falcons find a way to steal, right? When we talk about finding a way to steal a game, use injuries against another team. So we'll see what happens, but obviously – it's going to be fascinating on Sunday because, look, I said yesterday, once you get through the 49ers, yeah, you're on the road at Cincinnati, but they're not the same team. And then it gets to be Carolina a couple of times. You know, you got some games, Pittsburgh, Washington, Chicago. You got some games where the schedule starts to open up. If you can find a way to steal a game on Sunday, man, you set yourself up where, okay, over this next handful of weeks, we have some games that we think we're better than some of the teams we play. We can be better than the Bears, better than the Panthers, better than the Steelers. As crazy as that is the sound and say, we feel like we can be better than some of those teams. So if the 49ers are that depleted, Falcons have to find a way to take advantage of it coming up on Sunday. All right, we thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Chuck for your first listen every day. We ask you to make ATL Day 1's your second listen every day. Jarvis Davis and Itra Batiste talking about all things in the heart of the city of Atlanta. Listen, uh, they're free and available on our YouTube page at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Download us there. Check us out. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. We are also free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review. Download us for free there today. Amazon Fire and Roku. Check us out on those platforms as well. You can find us available there. I know a lot of people use that, so head over there today. Find us, and of course, follow me at JMCH316 on my Twitter page. 
We'll take a look at this Braves matchup for game three. We'll preview 49ers Falcons coming up tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.